I'm Brian Myers. I'm Mike Ritalik. I'm Becky Haddad. And this is Owl Pellets, a podcast featuring tips for ag teachers. We are your agricultural education resource across the web, sharing research-based tips and tackling the tough questions facing agriculture teachers every day. Hello, Owl Pellet fans. It's Becky Haddad. Brian Myers and Mike Ritalik here to visit with uh, Reagan Rampage and Dr. Richie Roberts. So welcome, Reagan. Why don't you introduce yourself? Yeah, so I'm a recent graduate of Louisiana State University. I completed my degree this May and I actually decided to stay in the state. So I'm a first year teacher myself teaching at Santa Mall High School. Awesome. We can always use more ag teachers. So we're glad that uh, you uh, came and uh, worked on your graduate degree and you're going to be back in the classroom this fall. So very good. And you have a couple uh, co-authors with you. Yes, I have Dr. Richie Roberts, um, if you wanted to introduce himself. Yeah, my name is Richie Roberts. Um, I'm originally from Oklahoma. I was a high school ag teacher uh, for four years there. And now I uh, actually work at Louisiana State University. I'm an assistant professor. I just finished up my uh, fourth, third year at uh, LSU, and I was at North Carolina A&T before that. Wonderful. Thank us. Thanks for uh, joining all of us today. We're uh, glad that you're here and uh, super excited about the topic that you're going to be talking about. Kind of an important topic for uh, ag teachers to have conversation about. So why don't you introduce the topic and tell us a little bit about what you learned through the study. Yes, yeah, so our topic centered around the student teachers we had here at Louisiana State University in the spring of 2020. And so we had four student teachers and they were all females. And what we really sought to do was understand their experiences accommodating students with special needs throughout their student teaching experience. And so we got to speak with those participants through interviews as well as a review their weekly written reflections and then I also had the opportunity to attend some of their observations and see some of the practices firsthand that they were implementing within the classroom. Um, so overall it was a really great experience and investigation and I think we got a lot of important um, key takeaways from their experiences that we can implement not only with our future student teachers but also with those already in the field. Yeah, that's an important element. So uh, I think we all recognize, particularly in Ag Ed, that we deal with uh, all students, um, and, and some of those students have ex uh, exceptionalities uh, on both ends of the spectrum, which is terrific. And it's and it's always great to see uh, all of those students kind of interacting um, together, all in one classroom. So tell us a little bit about what you learned and and what this might mean for Ag teachers. Yeah, so we learned a lot throughout the investigation, and I think one of the largest takeaways that we identified that we hadn't really found in the literature prior was the impact that their previous experiences impacted how they then worked with those students in the classroom. And so one of kind of the largest takeaways that we found was one of our participants actually shared about her experience when she was completing an observation and during that, a student with special needs actually asked her for a hug, and she was extremely uncomfortable. She didn't know what the um, ac acceptable behavior was as far as hugging and touching those students. And so that actually occurred during her freshman year, so really early on in her college experience. And as she completed her student teaching, which was her last semester, she still carried that sense of being uncomfortable when working with those students. And so I think it really identified 
how those kind of minute experiences can really leave a lasting impact when we talk about the comfort and adaptability when working with those students. Yeah, and I'll chime in as well. Um, I think a big piece of this was that, uh, you know, to kind of to give some more information and background about kind of the experiences of our student teachers and in, in, uh, in general here. So they do take, you know, some general classes in uh, the College of Education for special education uh, issues, that kind of stuff uh, previously. You know, they've gotten some exposure to what a 504 plan is, all that kind of stuff. They've talked about accommodations uh, pretty in depth. We require them to document, you know, what accommodations they're providing students each week through reflections, lesson plans, and then in their final portfolio. Uh, but Reagan really identified that, you know, we kind of have this big gap in terms of practice and, you know, maybe we're doing some of that, but we're not really uh, doing as much as we could. And so she really took a, a really uh, important look into how can we begin to improve uh, what our students know and understand about accommodating our, our secondary ag students. And I think that's a really important topic. And so uh, one of the big uh, practice uh, implications that kind of emerged from this was, you know, there was a new class started in diversity where we've kind of taken over uh, or taken our students out of that uh, special education class in the College of Education just because they weren't really getting what they needed overall in terms of accommodating students, what that looked like, how to do that more successfully. And so we kind of have kind of, you know, taken that class back in terms of our teacher prep coursework and, and really started teaching that more contextually about how that looks in ag ed and how we can implement that successfully. Reagan, you said during the spring of 2020, correct? So, so <laughs> not only, I mean, always, always valuable, but you know, incredibly timely as far as some of the other research we're seeing where our special ed students were ones that kind of got left behind in terms of learning during the pandemic. Were there, were there things that you saw as far as, you know, where, where were the, were there bigger gaps maybe because of the, the pandemic and some of those other pieces that came into the student teaching experience that, that your students were able to talk about as well? Yeah, so luckily for us, um, interviews for this investigation were collected prior. We were, uh, the state of Louisiana lagged a little bit in our transition to the virtual learning. And so luckily our interviews were collected prior to that. But I will say at the conclusion of our interviews and kind of that in-person discussion, all of the participants still felt that they needed additional training. And so I can only infer that that was heightened through the virtual platform. And they identified that they needed additional training specifically related to kind of the legislation and the legal aspects surrounding working with those students. And I believe a couple of these schools um, that, that our student teachers were in, a few of them were really, uh, you know, moved to virtual. That was kind of the plan. Uh, and then a couple of them, actually, I think they just kind of said, that's it. You know what I mean? We're kind of done for the school year. We're not going to do anything else. And so uh, that has pretty dramatic, you know, implications for our special education students that, you know, really need that hands-on, uh, you know, guidance and, and support uh, that they maybe weren't getting that semester in particular that just kind of, you know, they just kind of got forgot or ghosted a little bit maybe. And so, so with that, what are some of those things then that we can, we can take forward? You mentioned both, you know, the, the legal side as far as, you know, what are those things that I need to know about, but also what are some of those lessons we learned as far as our students getting left behind during COVID that we can kind of take forward in our classrooms? 
I think when we, we talk about that, it's really important that we started off this school year or whenever we get back to those in-person classrooms with a really good assessment to judge, you know, where are our students? And then after we kind of get that initial ground point, um, I think it's important to be patient and understand that a lot of our students, they do require that extra time and they may not have received that. And so we may need to backtrack a little bit and that's okay. And to not be frustrated with our students, but rather just kind of accept them with where they are. And then we can implement some of those strategies to catch them up. Um, so I think that's really important as we kind of progress throughout this school year. And I think it's going to have an impact for a few years to come. And so just keeping patience at the forefront with those students. Yeah, I think that's a really, really important point of it is just that patience piece. Um, I would also build off of that as um, really helping our student teachers and pre-service teachers and early career teachers thinking about this idea of distance education in the future. And, you know, it could be something that we have to go back to, you know, if COVID or some other kind of variant comes and we have to, you know, maybe go back into lockdown for a little while. And so um, what is that going to look like? And so I think what we've been trying to do is, um, you know, having conversations about backtracking and we've never uh, made our students teach a lesson from a distance before, you know, COVID or anything like that. We, it was always, you know, this kind of live uh, teaching type thing. And so that was something that we talked about of how do we make that transition a little bit uh, easier for them if they ever have to do this again, you know, hopefully we don't, but what if we do? And so uh, maybe having some more lessons about that. And then uh, even, you know, accommodating students from the, in the virtual environment would be really important for them to know and, and learn. And so those are pieces that we're talking through and thinking through in terms of our, uh, our coursework and providing some more professional development around that in the future as well, because we just had never considered that that was a possibility before COVID. No, certainly. I think that's a, a big realization is um, we, we always thought we were going to teach face-to-face, particularly in a secondary level or, or um, at a school-based level. And the fact that, um, technology is here. We've all had to live through it, the opportunity to do some sort of hybrid uh, learning uh, and, and programming for lessons and student learning experiences um, is probably going to change and look a little differently. So, and, and probably one of the things that we don't spend enough time is thinking about all of our students. When we think about kind of the mainstream students that are going to probably be successful no matter what we do, but thinking about students with exceptionalities and, and students that um, have uh, challenges um, are, are a whole new audience that we also need to kind of think about. So what, what are some of those things that we need to think about um, when for early career teachers and, and even mid and late career teachers when it comes to working with students um, and, and working virtually with, um, with those types of students? Yeah, so I think Dr. Roberts did a great job and he pointed this out that our student teachers in this investigation were required to document all of students' accommodations and modifications. And I think that needs to remain at the forefront no matter what your career stage. And especially when you add in that virtual aspect and how easy that can become um, overwhelming and things along that nature. And so I think it's really important to make sure that you have clear documentations for your students, even if you're providing those at a distance. And then it's also important to make sure that you are documenting yourself how you're implementing those accommodations and modifications. Um, a few very practical ways you can do that is going to be providing notes in various formats, um, providing students additional supplemental videos where needed for certain concepts and things along that nature. Yeah, I would agree completely. Uh, you know, just 
learning how to make that more accessible, especially if you're going to be using videos and you put captions on those in the virtual space. That could be really helpful that for students that maybe have some type of visual impairment. Uh, you know, all of those are going to be, uh, you know, really important things to consider moving forward. Uh, and stuff that we just, you know, we, we use videos, we use all these things in, in, in AGED, but uh, we had never thought about it in the virtual space. Another thing that I would bring up that's not just uh, COVID related, but uh, an issue that I see in our state, I don't know if this is true for every other state, but a lot of our ag teachers, when I talk to them, they don't necessarily engage in the, you know, the 504 plan meetings or, you know, the the meetings where we come together with our special educators, the parents, all that kind of stuff. So those meetings, maybe they're not engaging as much as they should be sometimes, and, and maybe they don't get all the information that they need. And so I think just, you know, encouraging teachers, no matter what career stage they're in, to engage in those opportunities to really learn about that individual student so that they can tailor that particular class to their needs as, as best as possible. I think we can't forget that. And I know that sounds really basic level, but I, I think a lot of our teachers maybe get really busy and maybe uh, forget to go or maybe have an over, overlapping class. But when possible, try to make that a priority to engage as much as possible with all uh, the individuals that are going to make that child success, successful in the future. Well, that's huge. I think it, it sounds simple, but we forget that, you know, meeting the needs of our students with special needs better meets the needs of all our students. So it's not something like, that's not something that's limited to that individual when we go to that meeting. And when we take that time to learn more about what our students need in our classrooms, um, especially recognizing all the different places and settings where we're teaching. Yeah, well, and, and, and two, I think that's one of the things that Ag Ed prides themselves on is the fact that we do know our students and we know how to relate to our students. We think about, we think about it from where they, where they come from and um, whether they have SAEs and we get to meet their parents and we just have a different relationship. And I think, I think this is a great point and a kind of an aha moment is not only do we need to think about, about it from a kind of a SAE perspective, but also from an educational perspective and how, how can we relate uh, to those students and build uh, learning experiences that meet their needs based upon some of the, 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 learning challenges that they may have. And I think too, maybe wondering, you know, we, we, this was during student teaching. How do we, for, for everyone else who's listening right now, who is probably not going to go back and student teach, not going to go back to their pre-service program. <laughs> what are those things that, you know, are, are really transferable as far as where, you know, they might learn where they might learn more. What are some of those areas, you know, we, you know, we touched on legal, we touched on some of those pieces. Where can practicing teachers really kind of take something from your work with your student teachers? Yeah, I'll let Reagan, uh, she can maybe talk a little bit about her thesis research, which I think would be really re relevant to your question uh, that hopefully will be forthcoming in the next year or two. So uh, it, it'll be really important to uh, kind of answer that. Yeah, so I, I really tried to tackle that question that you presented in my thesis work, and I conducted a, a mixed methods investigation with our teachers here in the state of Louisiana. So I sent out a survey and then conducted interviews um, as well. And so through that, it was actually very telling. And all of that was centered on trying to identify what professional development needs do they need um, when working with students with special needs. And I think one, it, it 
was very informative and it actually was very surprising, I found throughout each process. Um, and just kind of a little glimpse into those findings identified that our professional development currently is too broad when working with these students. Um, these students' different disability types and needs are so specific that as we move forward, I really recommend, and I think the research backs it up, that we need to provide those tailored events. Um, and so when we speak about that, we need to talk about events specialized on students with autism. How do we provide accommodations and work with those students? Um, that's something that a lot of teachers kind of become uncomfortable with because we know that those students may say things verbally that may be inappropriate to other students, but how do we address that? And so having those really tailored events, um, I think it's also interesting when we speak about working with those students. My research also found that some of the very common um, disability types, such as visual impairments, was one of the forefronts where they identified that they needed professional development. And so I think it really shows that we currently are overlooking even those very common um, things that students are handling in our classroom. And visual impairments are something that can definitely be more severe for our students that have, you know, special needs, but it's also common. I mean, I wear glasses myself. And so I think it really shows to how, and it kind of goes back in the conversation to where providing those accommodations not only helps those students and that target population, but it really can help the accessibility of your entire classroom. Yeah, so you think about even, <laughs> you think about even having those safety glasses that fit over your glasses as opposed, like, I wouldn't ask you to not wear your glasses welding. <laughs> yeah. So just that I think is, is something we just kind of forget. Well, that and, um, you know, Reagan, the, your comment makes me think about um, even in a lot of uh, middle and elementary schools, uh, you, uh, teachers are wearing microphones and have speaker systems set up. And it's not, it's just a benefit so that all students can hear where, no matter where they're at in the room, it may not be because they have a disability or can't hear. And I think about that in some of our classrooms and, and where some of our classrooms are located. The, the sound and the acoustics is not very good. And, and I think it's just one of those things that certainly can uh, help uh, all of our students, whether they have a disability or not. Yeah. And I think I'll just speak anecdotally uh, as an ag teacher in Oklahoma, we did have, you know, some uh, like professional development on, you know, special education, that kind of stuff. But it was like, uh, like Reagan said, very broad. And it was kind of like, this is what an IEP is. This is what a 504 plan is. And it was very, very basic. And so we weren't getting any really new information through those opportunities. And so if we could provide more tailored uh, experiences like Reagan's talking about, about how do you work with this type of, you know, disability or this type of, you know, accommodation, what does that look like? I think that's going to move the needle more uh, than, than just having kind of a broad what is, you know, working with a special education student. I think we all have had the basics, but we need that more uh, to, to drill down more on what specifically the, those needs are and what are some of the more common ones that we're encountering uh, in various states. I think that's probably going to differ state to state quite a bit. Uh, and, and so if we can figure that out, I think it's going to provide more uh, robust knowledge and, and really allow our, our teachers to grow in this area and feel more confident when working with students with special needs. Exactly. And I, th I think that's a great place to kind of end our conversation today is that uh, this is a common topic that we all should be talking about. And I think it's becoming more common. I think people are feeling more comfortable having these conversations, uh, both one-on-one, -on -one, but also 
for our, our teachers to ask for help and ask questions. Uh, I think before it was just, we were going to focus on mainstream students, whatever they were, and we weren't necessarily going to worry about adapting and modifying to, to meet all students' needs. And I think that conversation's really changed um, in recent years and, and COVID and, and, and this idea of being able to do some things virtually certainly uh, change all of that and, and, and change the conversation a little bit. So Reagan, I'm, I'm super excited about the work that you're doing and, and raising this as a conversation and a topic that uh, is important and has an impact not only on our, our, our pre-service student teachers, but also on our um, uh, practicing teachers as well. So thank you for raising the topic. Thank you for coming and visiting with us about the, the topic. And uh, um, Reagan and Richie, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for the invitation. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Owl Pellets. Check out our website for more information on this topic and to learn more about our guests. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to stay connected. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you'll never miss an episode. For Mike and Becky, this is Brian here by the Owl Pellets saying thank you and we look forward to seeing you again on another episode of Owl Pellets Tips for Ag Teachers.